It is, we're truly delighted to be here this afternoon with all of you in order to explore our past, our origins, and our roots. It has always been a sincere longing of the human being to understand where do we come from, who are our ancestors. The reason for this is that understanding our past allows us to understand the present moment, to understand our present condition, and to understand also the future that is awaiting us. So we're not here to convince anyone of anything. We're simply here to, to share with you, well, the result of our research, the teachings of Dr. Samael Deor, we're simply here to present to you facts that none of us should ignore, and as, as a matter of fact, they shed light on our past. So, in order to start this talk, well, let us make a small recap of what modern anthropology and history tells us about our past, our origins. And this question is mainly answered by Darwin and his theory of evolution, which states, well, that the human being is subjected to evolution. And as a consequence, the human being in his journey on Earth goes from a low evolutionary state to a high evolutionary state. And like this, well, the hypothesis put forth by Darwin and still sustained today by modern science is that simply we come from apes or that apes are our ancestors. But what we're going to see this afternoon is an increasing amount of evidence that does not agree with, with this theory. An increasing amount of facts that contradicts directly this that has been said about our past. We're going then this afternoon to present to you facts and as it is said before facts we must surrender so history tells us that the human being the homo sapiens went through a few stages before history first the stone age then the Bronze Age, and finally the Iron Age. But as we'll see, this evolutionary process, well, is contradicted by many proofs that there is a lost and ancient civilization that, as a matter of fact, technologically speaking, was more advanced than us. The best example that exists to prove this ancient civilization with its advanced technology is 
the Great Pyramid of Giza. What do Egyptologists say about this Great Pyramid of Giza in Egypt? Well, they say the Great Pyramid of Giza was built using primitive tools. A lot of slaves and a lot of ingenuity. But professional scientists when studying this enormous monument with rigor and from a scientific point of view, well, they reach conclusions that are opposite to those presented to us by Egyptologists. And they say, well, if nowadays, with our modern technology, we would like to build this great pyramid of Giza, we would not be able to do it. We would not be able to reproduce all its feats. And so, what are these feats of the Great Pyramid of Giza? Well, imagine for a moment, two million limestone blocks, each one very large and very heavy, each one with a different size and shape, and now imagine that these two million blocks are assembled perfectly to such a degree of, perf of perfection that one cannot slide a razor blade in between the blocks. Moreover, this degree of perfection in the way they assembled the Great Pyramid of Giza, well, is present also in the perfect symmetry, in the way it is oriented to the four cardinal points that matches or even surpasses modern standards. So all of, all of this might seem like not important, but when we consider that today we would not be able to reproduce these feats, then the question arises. Do we really come from a homo sapiens that slowly evolved through time? Or was there in our past a more advanced and intelligent civilization that got lost in time? Something that many ignore is that the Great Pyramid of Giza, as a matter of fact, does not have four sides but eight. And this in order to be able to show the equinoxes, as can be seen on this picture. So, moving south from Giza, below the pyramid at Zakara, the Stag Pyramid, archaeologists found 40,000 vases. In the underground passageway under the Pyramid of Djoser, and you may wonder, well, what's, what's so special about these vessels, about these plates? Well, to start with, they are unique in their conception. Uh, they exhibit the uttermost refinement. They are the most refined ever found. And well, some are made from alabaster, which is 
a soft material that is easy to work, but others are made from hard materials such as granite, porphyry, diorite, which are very difficult materials to work with and can only be uh, worked with diamond. And so, these acarabases, they present a perfect symmetry. And to give you an example of this, well, consider this vase. This simple looking vase, made from granite. But it turns out that its bottom is perfectly round, as you can see on the picture. And its symmetry is so perfect that if we place this vessel on a flat surface, for instance, a glass surface, then its top will be completely horizontal, which implies that this vessel is perfectly symmetrical. So this in clay is already a tremendous feat. So imagine now in granite. It is utterly incredible. Going south now in our journey in Egypt. Well, in the temple of Luxor, we find many statues of Ramesses II. And what's so special about these statues, what brings our attention towards these statues, is their perfect symmetry once more. And so, an American engineer, well, wanted to check with modern technology how symmetrical the face of this statue was. And so what he did is actually quite simple. He took a picture of it, then on his computer, he cut it in half and then overlapped the right side on top of the, light of the left side in order to check, as we mentioned, how symmetrical it was. And the result was astounding because the face of this statue of Ramesses II, made up of a very hard material, is perfectly symmetrical. And not symmetrical in a way that can, achieved, that can be achieved with a naked eye. No. Then, traveling still south in the stone quarries of Egypt, in Aswan. Well, we, we can still see there the unfinished obelisk, which is 42 meters in height and which has not been extracted from the quarry, as all of you can see. So it was abandoned, most likely because of a crack that this obelisk presented, and that you can see on the picture. But the interesting question here is, how were they planning on taking it out of the quarry? If this weighs hundreds of tons. All of this technology, incredible craftsmanship, can also be found on the other side of the Atlantic, in Peru. And so in Peru, we find the very famous 12 
sided stone in Cusco. And so when looking at this, it is a huge stone made from a very hard material. Well, one wonders, how did they do it? Uh, because if one imagines that this is very hard, very heavy, very large, then it is not the type of material or stone that one simply takes down from the wall and sees, sands it a little further uh, to see if now it fits perfectly and if it doesn't, well, let's take it out again and sand it even more. No, this is not something that can be done with such large proportions and hard material. Oh, sorry, this is what I wanted you to see. And near from there, well, we have the Satsangwaman wall. And so what's interesting here, beside the fact that you see once more Cyclopean architecture, very massive, very heavy stones that fit together perfectly. Well, what, what's interesting here is to see two periods of time. One is the more massive one, the older one, and the other is the more recent one, the top one. And what you can notice very clearly is that the craftsmanship of the older one is far superior to the craftsmanship of uh, the upper one or the newer one. And so, gathering all of this, remembering also that the Great Pyramid of Giza, the Zakara vases, they belong as a matter of fact from the earliest parts of ancient Egyptian history. Then what we notice is that as a matter of fact, the older it is, the more massive it is. The older it is, the more precise it is. And also the older it is, the more similar it is. Huh? From one part, from the east side of the ocean, or from the west side of the ocean. And this brings us then to ask, well, if the older constructions are more massive, are more cyclopean, does this mean that our ancestors were taller than us, bigger than us? Well, this is a question that is very interesting to explore. And so, around the world, we find many very interesting sites that help us answer this question. The first site is in Indonesia, and it is called the Bada Valley. So in Indonesia, beside, beside these megalithic statues, the tallest one being four meters and a half. Well, beside these, we find hundreds of gigantic stone tanks. 
ranging from one meter to three meters in height. And what's very interesting about these, these tanks, these circular, uh, cylindrical rather, shapes, is that they are accompanied by lids. Often the lids are lying not so far from these tanks that are called kalambas. And so one may wonder, well, these leads that are made from stone, who was able to put them on these kalambas? As anyone trying to do so would soon realize that they are impossible to lift. The same has been found in Laos. Huh? And it is called the plane of jars. And there was a hypothesis at some point that maybe these jars, these tanks, were sorts of bathtubs for the people. But bathtubs with a lid? Well, this hypothesis was soon dropped. And as a matter of fact, Lao legends talk about a race of giants that inhabited this land previously. And this reminds us of a very particular verse in the Bible, in the Genesis, which says, there were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward. Those were the mighty men from who were of old, men of renown. Uh, so the question is very interesting. Did these giants truly exist on the face of the earth? Were they our true ancestors? And with archaeological findings that have begun in the 19th century of gigantic skeletons well, this question is finally answered. In the years 1818, articles in the American Scientist magazine were actually quite often presented, huh? telling of this or that archaeological find of gigantic human skeletons ranging in height from 10 to 12 foot, uh, from 3 to 4 meters. And this were also found in the Caucasian mountains, in Ecuador, in Spain, etc. What happened though is that these proofs were often conveniently destroyed uh, in order to protect well, the theory of evolution of Darwin. So, besides all of this, we have stunning similarities between the East and the West, between the Eastern part of the Atlantic Ocean and the Western part. And so, if we look at this picture, uh, this statue of a man's head, well, if I ask you the question, according to you, where does it come from? I am sure that many of you would answer, well, according to me, 
according to the African traits that I can see in this statue? Well, it comes from Africa. Well, guess what? About 17 of these heads have been found in Mexico. And they are called the Olmec Colossal Heads. What about these now? <clears throat> well, when looking at this closely, one may wonder, well, did these come from China? These look like Chinese eyes, like Chinese tricks. Well, as a matter of fact, once more, they do not come from China. They are once more Olmec figurines uh, that have been found in Mexico. When looking at the physical traits, not of statues, but of human beings, one sees incredible resemblances. Uh, women from Mexico are shown here. And here we have a woman from the Philippines, from the southeastern part of Asia. And so, the explanation that modern anthropology finds to this is that indeed, a long time ago, there were tribes from southeastern Asia that traveled north and then crossed the Bering Strait. As it is believed that in those days, it was frozen. The problem with this theory is that so far, no remains have been found along the path. So this stays for now only a hypothesis. When looking at similarities among mythologies and religions, well, once more, we see some striking things that bring our attention. 